Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and we've got an interesting topic today, Linda. It's called re-careering. I learned a new word today. Um, you know, when I started doing some research for today about second uh, careers or, or, you know, changing midlife or what do they call it, the midlife career change, there's a new word about town called re-careering. And you can take this job and you can shove it or you can take this job and you can love it. But more than ever, Americans now are consistently working into their 70s and 80s because of the jobs that they love, that they love to do. And, you know, last week we visited with Susan Sokol Blosser, who owned and ran a very successful winery and then moved in to uh, run her own charity, very similar to, to what you did after your Wall Street career. This re-careering thing as we live longer, um, it, there's something to it. Well, you know, I think it's more than living longer. I think more and more people have to keep working longer because they don't have enough money stowed away to uh, keep themselves going as they get older. So for a lot of people, it's... Um it's uh, it's not a it's not a a choice they they have to that's true. That's true. With pensions dwindling and, you know, benefits being cut right and left and, you know, all the scary stuff out there about Social Security will not be there. Um, you know, and when I think of a typical military career or a service career, like in police and fire of 20 years, well, if you start at 21 and you're done at, you know, 45 or, you know, 40, you still got a whole lot of time left on your hands. And what I noticed in my research and what I, I know to be true for me personally, you know, cause I did, I made a midlife career change, um, you know, into forming my own business, running my own company and doing my own thing. And, you know, it was the best thing I ever did, but the transition was a little bumpy. You know, I'll be honest, that was a lot bumpy. A little uh, bumpy. But it was a lot bumpy. For all I mean, of us. Um, you know, everybody is very glib to say, you know, okay, if you don't like what you're doing, then find something that you do love to do and just go do it. It's, but it, nobody tells you it's like it's really, really, really difficult. And, and those bumps are sometimes they, you know, they really get you by, uh, you know, by surprise because you don't expect that it's going to be as bumpy as it actually is because change is never easy and i think that that is you know we're, we'll talk talk about recareering but i think at the basis of of all of this it's it's change and how well do you adapt to change and uh some do better than others and uh sometimes it's just very very forbidding 
so they would rather so a lot of people would rather stay where they are even though they're not exactly thrilled with what they're doing but the it's so daunting to think of the what ifs if i change well, and I think it comforts everybody. It gives people a big sense of security. Um, I know, you know, when I left corporate America to form my own company, you know, I had a three-month-old and a three-year-old and was a single parent for the first time. I mean, when I look back, Linda, I think, oh, my God, I should have had my head examined. Um, I could blame it on postpartum. I don't know. <laughs> but there's never a good time. And if you're the primary breadwinner, you know, it kind of creates ripples throughout the community. How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to raise these kids? How how are you going to hi ha? You know, yeah. but the funny thing was, I knew without a shadow of the doubt that it was the right decision for me. And, you know, I don't know how I knew. It's not like I prayed on it. It's not like I meditated on it. It's not like I did anything. I just had an overwhelming desire to move in this direction and I couldn't do my old life anymore. So I don't know if it was a process of, you know, encouraging change, welcoming change or suffering through change, but it was hard enough to change when, you know, for myself, but then, you know, the pressure that I got from people around me to stay in my nice little box where they understood me and they were comfortable and they were confident, that was tough on my ego. Well, you just have to just you ha- you have to know, and I think we'll talk about this more uh, in detail when our guest comes on today about change and how it affects everyone else around you. And sometimes people try to sabotage your change because if you if you're, they're really close to you, a family member, their change is going to affect you, and that's the bottom line. You know, how is this person's change going to affect me? Because, you know, that, that's, that's where we all go. How's it going to affect me? <laughs> it's right. all about I mean, me. <laughs> it's all about me, you know. Yeah. And, and, well, and I think that's one of the things that keep us stuck, too. You know, certain personality types stay stuck in jobs because you don't want to hurt the other people. You don't want the other people to have to adjust. You don't want to, um, you know, I think about, you know, some funny things that happened, you know, in my past, you know, and I'm not surprised when I look back going, you know, wow, it's so surprised you're divorced. Um, but I remember my ex-husband telling me, you know, I had a high-powered job in Beverly Hills and had a lot of money coming in, but I had a long drive, you know, each way, you know, to where our house was located. And he was like, you know, why don't you quit your job and, you know, teach and live local? Of course, you know, I can't pay the mortgage on that. But I looked at him like, are you out of your cotton pick in mind? Like, I love what I do. I love, love, love this. Um, so it's not surprising we're divorced. But um, I think there's got to be like, you know, there's got to be give and take on both sides uh, when you negotiate change. Because when you're, you know, got kids or maybe you have elder care issues or, you know, you have a high mortgage and somebody comes home and says they want a different career, that's going to cause some waves. Yeah, well, and that's, a, you know, that's a big change. Just, you know, like a divorce is a big change, career changes. But there's, you know, there's a lot of little things that happen um, that are, you know, change too, and even that's scary. I mean, right now I'm in the, in the in a week and a half, I'm going to do a, a renovation in my apartment, and that's a change because my whole life is going to be like an upheaval for five five or six weeks, and that's like, it's daunting. I mean, and this is not, you know, life-changing, but it's it's... It's, it's, the, it's right now. It's, it's in the now, so it's like, oh, my goodness. 
and and you know any time something changes, something changes in your schedule. You know, somebody, uh, a friend moves away, a store that you go to uh, across the street. I'm talking about myself that's been there for 15 years, and it's a grocery. You know, it's a supermarket a little supermarket, but it's there because when I walk from the subway or the bus or I come back, it's always there to pick up a quart of milk or soda or whatever, so you don't even think about it, and now that's closing, so you have to think, oh my gosh, where am I going to go for my, <laughs> to pick up my quart of milk or that, you know, that that's that close, then there isn't a place that's that close, so it's all of these little things, but, you know, change is inevitable, it's going to happen, and you have no control over it. Well, and I, you know, it's funny, Linda, at different times in my life, I've either feared change, avoided change, or like embraced it head on. You know, the, the funny thing about this latest career change for me is like, I had no problem switching jobs. You know, if I didn't like what I was doing, you know, give my notice, I was always respectful about it, but I had a bunch of careerlets in my twenties. You know, I ran a medical center. I taught at USC. Uh, I worked, um, you know, in a high end clothing store, you know, I, it was like whatever I felt like doing at the time. Uh, I just wanted to learn and explore these things. But then, you know, I had kids, I got a mortgage, I got married, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, the idea of changing became really, really scary. And it was so funny because it was like pulling a tooth. You know, it's wiggling, it's wiggling, it's wiggling. All of a sudden, I just ripped it out one day. And, yeah, you know, that's what you have to do, I best- think. <laughs> I think you do too, at least, you know, if you're, you know, because you can't, you can't like put one foot in and one foot out because then you just frustrate everybody. Yeah, well, and it's the fear and everybody has that fear factor and, um, you know, it's about being afraid because you you are, but you do it anyway because, you know, if you don't take the risk, you're not going to have the reward. And then, you know, I mean, this is very cliche, but it's really true. You don't want to look back and say, what if? Why didn't I give it? Why didn't I give it a shot when I could? And that's worse. It's worse to to um, not do anything than to to try something new and fail. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it's funny because I, I go back to all my leadership training and, you know, here I've spoken and consulted and trained in leadership and, you know, life leadership is one of the things that we don't really talk about in families or couples or marriage and leadership is a big component. And I'm really excited to bring on Dave Anderson. He is a leadership um, speaking development consultant and trainer. He's, he's, you know, got just so many great great um, bits of information to share with us. And he is himself going through a transition in his family. So I'm really excited uh, to have him on the show today. Dave, I'm going to introduce you and then take us to commercial break. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate being here, Sandra, and appreciate uh, having the opportunity to meet you on the radio here, Linda. Uh, thank you. Me too. Mm-hmm. Now you're um, you you were a West Point graduate. You spent 20 years in leadership um, at a Fortune 50 company, and you have a company called um, Anderson Leadership Solutions. And if you could sum up for us quickly before we go to commercial break, what do you think is the hardest thing people have to negotiate with change? Usually, I, I go back to the fear element. There is there is a fear element and. You know, we look at things and we say, well, should the fear that 
overtakes us. And I call it, you know, a lot of people get that in the ostrich mode where they stick their head in the sand and they'll, they'll, they'll just pretend there's changes isn't going on around them. And they want things to say the same because it's a comfort. There's a comfort level with, with sameness. And one of the things I always tell people is usually our comfort zones are also our mediocrity zones. And if we are comfortable and we're always trying to keep ourselves in a comfortable situation, then we're probably not reaching our potential. And we never grow if we always stay right where we're comfortable. I mean, let's face it. Okay. I'm going to take us to commercial break. This is Sandra Beck with Powered Up Talk Radio and Linda Franklin. We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, a live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are on Powered Up Talk Radio, and we are talking about second careers today. We're talking about navigating change. We're visiting today with Dave Anderson. He owns a company called Anderson Leadership Solutions, and I'm a big proponent of leading yourself through life. Lead yourself through the transactions you make, whether it's buying a house, buying a car. Lead yourself through your marriage, through your divorce, through your raising your kids. 
leadership is where it's at because it's all about uh, developing your personal best and being your personal best. I'd like to introduce you to Dave Anderson. And Dave, can you give us a little bit of background about you and what makes you qualified to be on <laughs> our leadership panel today? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, qualified is a relative term. I'll give you all some uh, information about me. As you can tell, I might have a little southern twang. I live down here in Texas, but I grew up right at West Point. My father uh, was West Point graduate, and I graduated from West Point. And uh, I, I did serve in the first Gulf War. And uh, then after leaving the service, I went to work with a Fortune 50 company where I spent 20 years working there in sales and sales leadership and started my own company, Anderson Leadership Solutions, about three and a half years ago, decided to get out of the corporate world and start my own company. And a lot of people thought I was nuts because it was, you know, right in the middle of the quote unquote great recession. And I do not live in a big metropolitan area. And they thought I was nuts to hang a shingle as a leadership development guy in a town of only a hundred thousand people. But it has turned out to be exactly what I had hoped. And I am absolutely having a ball doing it. I mean, this is the best thing since sliced bread. What I do, Dave, so. when you when you made that change and you and you started your company, how do people find out about you? Because that's always a, something. It's about marketing, mm. um, and some people have the greatest product, but they don't know how to get it out there. How did people find out about you? Well, you know, Linda, it's a, that's a great question because I did a lot of research and learning about – I'm not a social media guru. I, you know, I am know enough to be dangerous, but what I really usually – what I really did was did a lot of research. I did a lot of reading. Uh, authors like Michael Hyatt has, has a book called Platform, and I and – I, Brandon Burchard has, has a book called uh, The Millionaire Messenger, and there's a lot of information out there on how to go about using and marketing marketing yourself and I I started my own blog and that's where AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com came from where I still blog twice a week on leadership topics and I also post uh, my podcasts that I do as well uh, that I also do on TogiNet uh, that's under Impact, Leader, uh, Impact Talk Radio and uh, that website has allowed me to grow an audience uh, where uh, I now post my stuff on LinkedIn as well because I'm a business to business uh, man and so we are focused with business people so LinkedIn is a big place for me uh, but it was really finding my voice and knowing really what, what I was passionate about and as I've, as I've grown and continue to figure this out I still consider myself in a startup mode uh, and as I've grown and found my niche People have found me and I found them. And a lot of it's been through social media. A lot of it's been through networking and meeting, meeting people yeah. and, and uh, people who know people. And to use uh, to when you talk about the tipping point, Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point uh, and finding those key people who know all the people. I don't have to know all the people, but I know, need to know the people who do. Yeah, well, so, business today is run on relationships. I mean, that that's absolutely. it. If you don't have a relationship with somebody uh, that you uh, want to, you know, or a company that you want to get to, it, it's almost impossible if you don't if you don't have that personal rapport with someone. 
I I go and I just came back from a local college and, and speaking over there today, and I was talking with people, and I talked to these students over there, and and, and lots of times they're graduate students, they're people who are making making the career shift, and actually not today, but recently I spoke to an entrepreneur group working on a working on PhDs, and. Uh, they were talking about how do I go out and start a consulting business, and they were technical experts. And I just said, "Look, if you you have to be ready to go talk to people, you have to you have to be in the sales mode. You need to because you're not just because you're an expert doesn't mean people are going to find you. You have to go out and find them. You have to be aggressive, and yeah, not aggressive in the you know the typical." picture of the uh, used car salesman, but I mean, uh, getting yourself out there and meeting people and shaking hands and, and having lunches and, and inviting people to coffee and those type going to networking events where you're glad handing and you're telling people about what you're about ready to do and what your, what your goal is with your new company and let them help you because people love to give advice. That's yeah. what, <laughs> people love to get advice, give advice. So go ask for it. Find people you know who what? are people who are doing what you want that what you want to do, and ask them for advice. No, you're absolutely right, and, and they they loved people like to help. All but <sighs> so few people want to ask because I guess it's an ego thing. Like they have to know everything, and and you don't. I mean, you're starting something new, and people are happy to help you. But you have to. You, but you have to ask for the help, and you have to be somewhere where you can ask for the help. Absolutely. Yeah, and just because you said just because you're an expert, that doesn't mean uh, that you're going to be successful. Because uh, without that other, it's like a puzzle and you have to have the different components all fit together in order for that success. And um, if you can't do it, then you have to find somebody else that maybe is, is strong where you're weak, you know, in a certain area. It, and my relationship with Sandra is a great example of that. I'm a leadership guy. I've, I've grown up in a leadership environment. I, I focus on it. I study it. I've made a lot of mistakes, so I know what not to do. And so I speak about those. But when it came down to starting a radio show, you know, Sandra has been such a mentor to me in, in developing Impact Talk Radio and telling me, you know, what to do and what not to do. And, you know, the, the thing is understanding what, what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and br- build on your strengths. But boy, find those people to help you with those weaknesses, to help you train. And I'm never going to be a guru with the stuff that we're doing here today and, and how we, how we go out producing a radio show. But darn it, I'm going to get, I'm going to get to the point where I am adequate. So then I have the the gurus like Sandra and, and, and the people at TogiNet who are going to guide me so I can focus on what I do best, which is helping develop leaders. No, absolutely right. I was just watching Charlie Rose uh, last night, and he had a segment on with Tony Robbins. And I, I remember Tony Robbins back in the 80s because he came to New York and we walked on fire together. <laughs> you know, he was wow. used to do those fire walks. And, um, you know, he, he was, and he wrote a new book on money. And, um, he was talking about, you know, the billionaires and some of the, you know, richest men in America that call on him regularly for coaching. And you would think, well, they know it all. But, you know, everybody gets into a spot where they don't know it all. And so they, he, you know, he's, he's built a, a life on people, smart people wanting to, to learn more. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Now, yeah. when you look at pro athletes, they have coaches. We all, yes. they all, and, and these are people who can execute the golf swing or whatever they're involved in, probably better than anybody in the world, but they, there are professionals out there that can help them get better. And they, yeah, will no, go, they are willing to go to them. So let me ask you another question because I think Sandra is kind of having some difficulty with her, with her feet, mm-hmm. but hopefully she will be back. Um, so when you decided to give up your, your, your corporate job and go into your own business, uh, what did your wife have to say about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I get that question often, especially from uh, men. Uh, well, I get it from women, too, when they ask you know, this question about the spouse as well. Uh, boy, having that support was amazing. And uh she saw me in the last few years of my corporate job where I was, I, I was restless and I restless and comfortable and comfortable is not a good place for me to be. I, I had grown in that job and been in a position for a while. And I had really told the people in my company that I wasn't interested in moving up to the next level because that would have meant traveling the country, moving my family, uh, moving my family, uh, and working in downtown Manhattan and all those type of things. And that just wasn't what I was going to do for my family or to my family. So I decided to stay where I was and, but I had gotten comfortable. I've gone from content to comfortable uh, because I've been there long enough and comfortable is not a good place for me. And I realized I need a new place to be. And my wife was so supportive of that. She saw my, I, I think it was healthy dissatisfaction with what I was doing. It was healthy. Um, and she was tired of seeing me without the passion that she'd seen me in earlier in my career. Mm-hmm. And but she always knew that I was passionate about people and I was passionate about developing others. And there was nothing I enjoyed more than that. So when I went off by myself and I went off and I had, you know, I had all these business books and, and self-help and all those type of books that I've highlighted and, and scribbled notes. And I had my Bible with me. I had these things. I went off by myself for a day and tried to figure out what was, what did God make me to do? I mean, I'm a, I'm a man of faith and faith informs a lot of my decisions. And I came up with that vision statement, that purpose for my life, which is to lead good people to become the great people God designed them to be. And I recognize that the fact I could, I could do that in my corporate job. I could do that running my own business. I could do that at the gas station when I'm filling up and I meet somebody there. I, I can have impact in that way. But what that did was that gave me a vision for what I wanted to do. And then I started structuring a business towards that vision. Uh, Okay, I need to jump in right here. I need to take us to commercial break. This is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin. This is Powered Up Talk Radio. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more to Dave Anderson about negotiating these changes, figuring out what you want in your life, and making it happen. Three really big steps to having a rich, happy, and fulfilled life. More after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the Familia, faith, 
identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the WOW Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin. This is Powered Up Talk Radio, and we're at the halfway mark. So for those of you that missed the first half of the show, I want you guys to check us out on iTunes. We've got uh, hundreds of hours of programming. Uh, All you have to do is check out Powered Up Talk Radio. Uh, You can also go to our host station, toginet.com, a part of global broadcasting networks, or you can go to our.com by the same name, poweredUptalkRadio.com. Now, before we move on to um, other topics, I want to take a step back for a minute, and I want to talk um, to uh, Dave about when you have a first career and you move over to a second career, especially we see this happening within our military community, you know, whether they're approaching retirement, whether they're leaving the service, a lot of your your prior service has huge value, but I don't see people these days putting it on resumes, bringing that up into meetings. And because we have a high crossover population for our show because of our sister military show, mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about the benefits of a military career that translates into your second career? Yeah, 
I think one of the things that uh, military, uh, the veterans and who have served miss is the fact that they they might focus on their technical training. Oh, I was in the communications field. Oh, I was in chemical. Oh, I was, I you know, I was in infantry. What is infantry? How can I be in infantry? Or you know, or I was I was quartermaster. What does that mean? Oh, I guess I'm a supply person. I'm going to have to go be in supplies and work work in some uh, work in some operational center in in a factory somewhere. Maybe that's what I do. Or maybe I'm doing transportation and I'm in that mode. And I say, okay, yeah, those. Those are just skills. Those are those are competencies that you developed in the military. But I want to just give you all some hope here because really what you bring to the table, you bring leadership. One of the things that that happens in the military is no matter what rank you are, after you're a private, you're expect you're expected to be a leader. You've got somebody you're else you're responsible for. And even as a private, you know what? You've got to understand the big picture of things so you can uh, you can act on that. And uh, when when you don't have anybody in leadership around, you still need are responsible for acting in in the direction that the uh, that the commander has set. We used to call it the commander's intent. So you need to understand that. And that leadership that's that's bred into us in the military is is so needed at every level in an organization. And I always say a team with leaders at every level is always going to beat a team with the leadership only at the top. And so going into an interview and talking about the leadership opportunities, you know, you don't think about those. Lots of people don't think about, well, you know what, I I had to. I had a squad I was responsible for and all the things that went into being responsible for a, a squad of soldiers. And when you, when you were in charge of the motor pool, when you were in charge of a, uh, a firing range and you're, you're doing, you're doing weapons qualifications and you're responsible for that. The amount of work that goes into that, the amount of coordination with people that go into that, the amount, we talked about relationships early and the, and the need for building relationships. Look, the military has, has um, rank involved in it, but this isn't Napoleon's time anymore. I mean, if the soldiers, if soldiers don't believe in you and don't believe in who you are as a person, you know what? They might comply, but they're not going to follow. And so your ability to discuss that with a potential employer is huge. I think the other thing is the fact that in the coming out of the military, what I hear from former military people is I just wish there were more people who just said what they uh, actually said what they mean. I, that I wouldn't have to read between the lines when somebody was speaking to me. And the clarity that we're used to communicating with in the military is needed as well. And your ability to communicate clearly and say what you mean and mean what you say is a selling point for who you are when you walk into an interview process. Well, and Dave, I want to support you on that, you know, having run a company for 20 years and then, you know, gone on my own and always, you know, hiring military personnel. I'd like to hire them because they get it. Like, you know, I'm just going to be blunt about it. I can say I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And you know what, Dave? They do X, Y, and Z. And they report back to me and tell me it's done. These are huge, huge things that generally don't happen in corporate America. And, you know, I took a bunch of Marines and put them in real estate, which was really, really you could have made a talk show or a, you know a sitcom on this because we had a whole group of people that came in you know my marine showed up and i'm like okay i need these things staple facts collated i need these things over here i want 15 copies of this and i barked out like 25 orders to these 10 men and women and then they just disperse and my boss looked at me and he says what the hell was that i said that's teamwork 
I said, that's communication. That's clear communication. That's clear directive. And he looked at me and he goes, can you teach us this? And one of the things about your military background is it teaches you to be organized. It teaches you to be detailed and strategic and to execute. You know, one Mm. of the big things about a lot of people who think about going into their own business or doing their own thing is you got to pull the trigger. You got to execute. You got to show up. You know, if you take a hit, that's one thing, but you just keep going until you figure it out. And that's the other thing that uh, I found um, when hiring military personnel in civilian jobs is that they don't give up. You know, they're not going to fall apart because the report was wrong. You know, it's like the report's wrong. You fix it. It's not a personal slight. It's not an insult on your character. It's just a different way of doing stuff. One of the things I learned with my 20 years working with military personnel is that a mistake's only a mistake if you call it a mistake. Most of the time, it's just a different way of doing something. So get Mm -hmm. over it. It's not about you. It's not about your ego. And I like that I can bark out orders. People can do their job. Everybody's clear with what what they need to do. And then we all go home at night. It's really not that hard. Yeah. There's a no excuse attitude. I mean, even at West Point, they had a thing that plebes were not uh, had one of their, our four responses was no excuse, sir. In other words, people don't make excuses because you're ultimately responsible. So when you believe you're ultimately responsible, you don't stop when plan A or plan B fails. You go to plan C, D, E, F, G. I mean, you keep going until you find a way to make it work. And that is instilled in a military attitude. And that, that is that problem solving, that ability to solve problems and not quit when you run into an, an obstacle somewhere. Boy, if you're listening out there and you come from the military or your husband is military and he please expand upon that ability to solve problems that tell stories of tell stories, stories of what people remember. They'll remember your stories before they remember your resumes. Okay, so tell stories about what you did and how you displayed that can-do attitude, how you solved problems, how you led people, how you were an important part of a team, how you served the other people in, in your platoon or in your squad or whatever. Those type of things. Tell your stories. Oh, Linda, you always talk about stories. Stories are the way we learn. Yeah, absolutely, and I think people kind of tune out when you just give them facts or, or numbers or, you know, this is what you've got to do and this is what you don't have to do. They, especially women, they, they like to hear the story. You know, this is, this person started out here, um, and they, kind of work through it and they came out the other end and listening to what happened in between is, you know, that, that's what grabs people. Mm. That's what grabs people. So I, you know, I, I really like that. And I'm glad that you, you know, you, you, you said what you said because, uh, I've, I've met so many of my women in shining service that are, are not sure, uh, of themselves and what they have to offer to a civilian employer. And, uh, you know, I just, I keep saying, but I wasn't in the military, so it doesn't hold a lot of water, but they, you know, that you've got so much, and just because you were fixing airplane engines, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, in the army, does not mean that you know that you that those skills that that took you there and and made you get that done aren't transferable. And they're slowly getting it, you know, but they have to they have to be told and reassured that you know that the employer is is going to respect that and and uh, and and honor that. 
I'm sure there's probably some women out there with military experience right now who are saying, yeah, you know, my parents thought I was nuts to join the Army or nuts to join the Air Force or the Marines or whatever. And they were thought I was nuts to be working on helicopters because when did I ever shown any interest in that? And guess what, Mr. Boss, future boss man, employer? I learned those things. Look, whatever you want to teach me, I'll, I'll learn it. I, yeah. I've already proven I can learn those things. But the intangibles I bring, that leadership, that can-do attitude, the, the teamwork, those things you know that's that's what i bring to the table that's unique that you know that has the military developed in me teach me whatever skills you want i've already proven i can do that do you work with a lot of military in your in your new uh, in your new company? Actually, I'm I'm a volunteer. I'm a uh, I'm a board member of uh, what we call the East Texas Veterans Alliance, which is a group that is focused on bringing bringing veterans to East Texas, making East Texas making sure they know it's East Texas is a, a vet friendly area because of all the opportunities, all the business that's out here, all the. Let's face it, there's lakes out here for fishing. There's trees. People don't think there's trees in Texas. In East Texas, there's lots of trees. And we've got, uh, we've got great health care out here. And all these things, we, I want to bring veterans to East Texas because of the mindset veterans bring, because of what the, I know they can do for my community where, where, where I live. And, um, so I'm involved, I'm, I'm involved in that as a board member, uh, really actively marketing East Texas to, uh, to veterans as they transition from the military. When we come back from the break, I'd like to ask a question, uh, because when you're dealing, when you're coaching or, or advising or working with, um, a man versus a woman, is there a change in the approach? Because, you know, when I was on Wall Street, I was working only with men. And mm. then now in my new, with, with the charity, I'm only working, I'm working mainly with women. And I really, really had to tone myself down and get rid of some <laughs> of that male energy in order mm. for them to think that, you know, I, I, I was, I was okay and didn't have horns on my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. There's our commercial break leader. You guys, I got to take us to commercial break. That's a cliffhanger. Linda, I can't wait to hear what uh, Dave of Anderson Leadership Solutions is going to tell us. For those of you who want to look him up online, you can find him at ALS, like Anderson Leadership Solutions, LEAD, L-E-A-D as in leadership, ALS Leadership. Dave Anderson is our guest. When we come back from the break, we're also going to put him on the hot seat because his wife's going to law school, midlife career change. Mm -hmm. We're going to see how <laughs> with the shoes on. But <laughs> more after the break. Got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world. From your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Use 
using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system, and offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, Consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome to Podcasting by Professionals. My name is Keith with Radio Links Broadcast Marketing, and I am here today to introduce you to five top industry pros who will teach you everything you need to know to start your own professional podcast. At the end of the course, we think you'll be well on your way to becoming an expert host of your own show. By the way, please do visit our website. It is podcastingbyprofessionals.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. We're visiting with Dave Anderson today of Anderson Leadership Solutions. His company's ALS, as in Anderson Leadership Solutions, ALSLead.com. Now, before we went to break, Linda posed a great question for you, Dave. We're going to put you mm-hmm. in the hot seat this segment. <laughs> um, when you are dealing, like Linda works primarily with men on Wall Street and women in her uh, charity, Shining Service Worldwide, uh, .com. You can check it out, make a donation, uh, shameless plug. <laughs> um, and then when I worked for the Marines for 20 years, I dealt primarily with men, very few women, and uh, then went into real estate, which was chock full of broads. So. Mm-hmm. I had to ratchet it back big time. I started working with women. You know, I talked a little bit earlier in the show about barking orders at Marines in a real estate office, you know, which is really, you know, great visual imagery. But the realism of today is that, you know, you can't be direct. It's really hard, I should say, to be direct in corporate America. So, Dave, when you are directing a male versus a female in your organization, do you change your approach? Yeah, and I would say early on I did it more. I I, I recognized the change, uh, the differences in genders. But then, as I've, the more I've gotten into it, the more I recognize the differences in personalities. Because Sandra, I, I could say something directly to you, and and it's not it's not because you're a female or a male, but it's the personality style that you have that I could speak directly, and you're like, okay, got it, boom, and ready to roll. Uh, but what I would say is this, you know, you don't have to be an expert in personality styles or have everybody on your team or in your family go out and take personality assessments. I mean, you can get them online and that's great, but a simple thing to do is mirror the person who's who you're speaking with. 
mirror their body language, mirror their tone of voice, mirror them. You got to adapt. If I want to communicate with another person, it's not about how I communicate. It's about how they need to be communicated with so I can have impact on them. And so I have to adapt to them. And so I always would pay very close attention, but you're right. I mean, women tend to have, tend to be much more relational in, in everything that they do. They tend to, you know, have, women tend to, it only takes about 10 minutes in a, in a circle together where they start, they start telling everybody their deepest, darkest secrets and issues that they have where men, I mean, you're going to, it's going to be like, it's pulling teeth to try to get them to tell you about, uh, you know, anything in uh, deep down in their lives. Um, so there are differences there, but I would just always say you, you need to, you need to mirror the other person. And pay attention to how what their needs are and how they communicate, and that's probably a pretty good clue as how you need to communicate with them. Okay. Yeah, that you know it it does work, and I have found myself doing that at times. But sometimes I must admit that I I lose it and I go back to oh, quit talking already, lady, and just get to the point. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. women like to talk a lot. I had I had a woman I had a woman who worked for me at one point, and I love her to death, and she and I are still great friends. But uh, she could go, and I mean, she you know she was like one of those top those old tops where you pull you pulled the string and yeah. it was going. And, and uh, I would tell her, I would say, I won't use her name on the here, but uh, I would say, look, you had me at uh, the, the beginning was great and the end is great. There was just way too much middle in there, way too much middle, you know, and uh, but understanding that that's the way she communicated. And boy, it's not necessarily the way I communicate, but that doesn't matter if I'm the leader. Being the leader doesn't mean I get my way. <laughs> you know, being the leader means I, ha- my responsibility is to the people I lead. And so if I want to have impact on her, if I want to have communicate, communicate with her, I need to change the way I communicate. So I, so my words impact her and help her grow. And that was my responsibility with her. Yeah, but what if you said to her, you know, sometimes you just lose people when you, when you don't get to the point because people aren't ever interested in every little single detail. And sometimes, you know, they nod off and they're not even, they zone out and they're not even listening anymore. So maybe it would be better if you kind of, you know, just shortened it a bit. I mean, would, would, what would she have said to that? Oh, uh, Hundred percent agree. That's part of my coaching with her. Yeah, part of my coaching. Right. Part of my coaching with these is how do they become more effective communicators? And again, yeah. I don't care if you're an engineer or, or or if you're a salesperson. Your ability to communicate is huge. Uh, as I tell people, you know, these undergraduates that I speak with sometimes, I'm like, look, you want to be an engineer? Yes. Do you believe communication is important? No. And I said, then you'll always be an entry level engineer because that's about yeah. the only person that's not important for. So if your goal is to be an entry level, be in the same job 20 years from now that you get out of college, then don't be concerned about your interpersonal skills. Right. No, they have uh, to be. I want to switch gears just for a second because uh, we, we talked about your wife who is now, you know, re-careering back mm-hmm. into or re-careering to law school. Um, mm-hmm. So how is that? you know, affecting you, mm-hmm. you know, and your family, and how do you, you know, how is that? playing out in Peoria, as they say. Yeah. Um, I will say this, check back with me in 12 months and I'll have a better clue on that. But, yeah. uh, you know, we are, we're in the midst of this. Um, 
my children, I have twins. They're heading off to college next year. And my wife has always talked about law school. I mean, for long, since I met her, she talked about law school. Uh, but when we had kids, that kind of got put on the back burner. And even when she felt that pang for law school, we would sit down, talk about it, pray about it together. And we would say, okay, this is not the right time. The timing's not right. Not for what we wanted to do as a family. Uh, but at, now at this stage in her life, um, Boy, I'm so proud of her because she got she was using her gifts and her talents in lots of different ways. And one of the things she was doing was working with CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates. And it's a volunteer position where you work with kids who are pulled out of bad homes. And um, and she saw the legal system and how that works. And she has she as opposed to just saying, I want to go to law school, which she was saying when she was uh, earlier. Now she knows she wants to go to law school to help these kids and she wants to be an advocate for uh, for these kids coming out of these broken broken families and things and um boy you know that that's what she told me and that we talked about when i was leaving uh my corporate job and and now i see that with hers you know you don't want to be you, you want to be heading towards something you don't want to be running from something so my my dissatisfaction or my being too comfortable in my corporate job, I didn't want to just be leaving to leave. I wanted to make sure I had someplace I was heading towards. So I worked on that. Well, now she's in that same boat. She's heading towards something. It's not just about going and doing something like law school. It's about now I know why I want to do law school. I know what I want to do with law school. And uh, now we got to change our family dynamic and figure out, you know, because she's going she's gonna to live about two hours away from me. And, uh, we are going to, and I'm going to split, fortunately I run my own company. So I'm going to split time between where I live in Tyler, Texas and where she's going to be in Fort Worth, in Fort Worth. And I'm going to split time, go back and forth with the dog in the back of the truck. And, and uh, <laughs> we're going to date Yeehaw. and make it happen. We're, we're going to date. Absolutely. We're going to date when I get there. And I, well, I'm, you better because she's going to be with all those younger guys in, in law school. <laughs> Yeah, but I fight dirty. Okay, uh, <laughs> you better up dirty. your game. Yeah, that's right. I, I still got. A few, I may be getting a little bit older, but I got a few tricks up my sleeve. Those oh, young good. <laughs> Lucky <Yeah>. her. <laughs> yeah, they don't give you those that gold jewelry to wear on a uniform by playing a nice and easy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no there's no uh, there's no Marcus Marky Quinsberry rules or whatever they call it in the old boxing rules when when it comes down to something like that. <laughs> but I, I tell you, she's, uh, she's got this road in front of her and we've got this road in front of us, but it is a team. You know, we, you know, when you think about it, uh, you know, that buy-in from the spouse and that understanding and the, the planning it out, you know, her and I, we actually went, we have a marriage counselor that we saw years ago that when we were going through some uh, going some, through some weird times in our marriage and I think everybody has that at one point or another oh, yeah. and we go back and see him every now every 2 years or so for kind of a tune up well we decided it was time for a tune up and because we're going to have all these life changes kids leaving the house her going to law school what does that look like and boy that was a great hour that we spent that we invested in our marriage to make sure that we understood each other. There was a third person there who wasn't for Dave. It wasn't for Elizabeth, but was for our marriage. And, uh, and that was, an, that was a huge thing. And you and, figured uh, it out in one hour. 
No, that, that must we, have been a marathon. We, I, I think <laughs> I think what we it wasn't a, it wasn't that we got it figured out, but we know a direction that we need to go, and we right. know we know how we want to make decisions. We don't have all the communication. It's so important. Well, that's we, it. Wonderful. We all know that that's the key to every relationship, yeah. whether it be business relationship or relationship at home. It's the chicken or the egg when tr- in, when trust is involved. You know, I don't know if lack of trust breaks down communication or t- communication breaks down trust. But without without that, the, without one, the other one can't be there. Well, and the whole point is that you guys make this decision together. You know, you work together mm-hmm. so each of you are happy. That's, you know, if I can, can do a wrap-up here, what I heard you say today, Dave, was that um, teamwork, you know, whether it's teamwork in the office, whether it's teamwork in the household, you know, you guys both work for both of you to be happy. Or if you're a manager, you know, you work really hard to keep your team happy so everybody's satisfied. You know, satisfaction is such a big deal, especially for high career career people, high-powered people. I know when I did some research for today's show, the second careers came up mostly out of satisfaction. It wasn't necessarily out of finances and things like that. It was job satisfaction. It was life satisfaction. Um, And I agree with you that we all have to be coachable. You know, there's people who've walked these paths before us, whether it's as a radio host, a company owner, you know, long-term married couples have, you know, success leaves clues. Tony Robbins says it best, success leaves clues. If we can figure out what those clues are, just like talking to experts like you or Linda Franklin or myself, and we get together, we put our heads together, we got a much better chance than when we stick our heads in the sand. Our guest today has been Dave Anderson of Anderson Leadership Solutions. You can find him at ALSLEAD.com. That's Anderson Leadership Solutions. Uh, ALS, you guys, it's been a great show. I appreciate both of you. I'm proud of both of you. I think what we create together as a team uh, for future generations to come for these shows is simply outstanding. Thank you for being our guest today, Dave Anderson. Linda, thank you for being my co-host as always. We'll tune in next week where we have Modern Day Girlfriends coming back for round two. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prom.